ITE Soccer Women's World Cup podcast, sponsored by Cadbury. From grassroots to national level, a supporter and a half of women's football in Ireland. You have to get up pretty early in the morning to watch a Vera Pau press conference at this World Cup. And sometimes you wonder whether it was really worthwhile. Two people who didn't have to get up early to watch it because they're actually in the same time zone as Vera Pau, coincidentally, are Emma Duffy of the 42 and our own Anthony Pine. How are you doing, lads? I'm good, Mikey. How are you? I'm grand. It's, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm being interviewed or something here. And it's, you know, <laughs> two, the two of you on the same screen and little old me all on my own, for those of you listening, um, usually our guests appear on their own Zooms with their own screen. But uh, Anthony and Emma are perched beside each other in the stadium in Brisbane on the one Zoom account. So uh, it's uh, it's a little bit different. It's OK. Um, I'd just like to say I work well in a team, but I'm also very self-motivated. And, um, you know, I really think if you give me this position, I'll uh, I'll do my best at it. Um, let's see this press conference, Anthony. Um, it's fair to say it was less about a match which for Ireland is a dead rubber, but for Nigeria is very important. And the narrative seems to have swung really towards what happens next for Ireland upon their return to the old sod. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a situation that's sort of been brewing for the last uh, almost two months, really. Like in early June, Vera Powell was asked about our contract, which expires. We don't know the exact date, but it expires after the World Cup. So. Let, let's assume after the day of the World Cup final, which is the 20th of August, but it, you know, we're in the last couple of weeks of her current deal. Um, she had said in June uh, before the Zambia game that she was hopeful that she would sign a new deal and that it would get sorted before the World Cup uh, and that her representative wasn't talked to the FAI at that time. But those talks have, have seemingly stalled. And we're in a situation now where Ireland, are, you know, last game is, is tomorrow here at, at this great stadium in Brisbane, Suncorp Stadium. Um, they're out, they, they can't progress to the last 16. Um, and we have no idea that when Ireland come back to Dublin and, and there's a planned homecoming, I think, on Thursday on O'Connell Street, we, we don't know if Powell will still be the manager. Um, now, I don't know if there'll be an announcement before that, but uh, certainly in the days afterwards, we, we'll have to hear something. Um, she has been asked about it quite a lot the last couple of days. I mean, self and Emma were, were part of the press pack that sat down with her yesterday in the team hotel and, and it came up then and, and again it was it, it came up today at the press conference um and she can't really she has she can't offer any clarity on it because um she hasn't got any from the fbi so um we really just have to watch this space but um the, the sense is that you know you it's, it's not looking great for her you know you would think well if, if she was going to be offered a new deal this would be done and dusted at this stage um so i i you know we would assume that the fbi are planning to kind of have a review of the world cup when everybody gets back to to, to ireland back to Dublin. fbi love a review yeah and, and um i don't know maybe they'll chat, chat to some of the players as part of that review and we'll get some white smoke uh maybe in the next 10 days something like that but uh, at the minute we nobody seems to know anything definitive um including obviously Vera Pell, so we just have to wait and see. Yeah, Emma, it's it's been a difficult few months, kind of almost counterintuitively for Vera Pell, since she's qualified for a first World Cup. Obviously, the investigation in the United States and the findings against her um, 
and then subsequent kind of follow-ups on that when the Athletic, which came like the week before the World Cup, um, you know, that wasn't helpful. Um, you know, there was obviously the issues around the, the Columbia game, which kind of pale in comparison, but, you know, you know, there were issues there. There was the celebrations after Scotland, which was obviously, I was praised for how she dealt with that so quickly and so decisively. Um, but there there was a sense here that any manager coming into a World Cup when their contract is running down, um, I'm just wondering, you know, there was a sense that, you know, this might have been her last hurrah. What do you think she would have needed to do at this World Cup to perhaps, you know, make that review next week or the week after more positive, shall we say? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, Mikey, because I don't know, to me, it's felt like this could have been it regardless of what happens in Australia. Um, but then obviously results uh, tell a tale and it, it would have been interesting to see what the story would be had Ireland gone out and, and got results under their belt. Um, obviously a, a win or a draw tomorrow um, could potentially boost her chances heading into this review, uh, which Anthony has mentioned. Um, but I do think the writing has kind of been on the wall. It feels like it is coming to a bit of a close. Um, but yeah, as we say, it remains to be seen. We, we can't speak too much about it either because there's so much uncertainty around it. Um, but even just from the press conference today um, and even the demeanour of herself and, and Megan Connolly beside her and from the players that we spoke to in the in the hotel yesterday, it, it, does, it does feel like this is it really. Um, so yeah, time will tell. Um, obviously, it all does remain to be seen. It'll be interesting to see post-match tomorrow what happens. Um, but I suppose there's a big game to be played yet and we can't lose sight of that either. Yeah. Um, just listen to a little bit of the press conference here. Uh, the, the first question here was uh, Tony O'Donoghue asking uh, Vera Powell if she thought it was, you know, was it was it fair that, you know, she was still awaiting kind of some clarity from the FEI and her response was simply the word no. So um, here's Tony's follow-up question to Vera Powell and to Megan Connolly. Um, are you concerned that the, the... Do you feel you have the backing of the players? And is it important that you do have the backing of your players? I think we have a fantastic bond in our team and that has showed all over the four years. Um, we have a, fanta- a fantastic game tomorrow to play. Nigeria is... Um, well, they are ranked 52, but we all agree now that uh, at least that you, that you see... Um, what I said before, that they are so, so strong. They are uh, physically strong. They are skillful, f- extremely fast. So there's a huge task on our plate. And uh, what I said yesterday also, I want to concentrate on that game because that game is crucial uh, for us, uh, for our feeling, for our pride, uh, and for the tournament. Megan, can I ask you then, is, is it unfair that the players have been asked about their view of the manager's future? Um, I mean, I can't really speak personally on that. Um, Obviously, it's not my decision. Um, I think what we've achieved in the past two, three years um, under Vera has been amazing. And I think she helped us get to this point. And I can only speak on my own personal experience. And and Vera has been great for me. Um, But that's not my decision. So, Anthony, um, you you probably might have had a good idea of what Megan Connolly was going to say there before she spoke into the microphone. As you mentioned in your piece on the RT website today, you um, spoke to four players about Vera Powell's future and they all gave remarkably similar answers. And uh, Megan Connolly's answer didn't break from the template, shall we say. 
No, and, and actually, if Katie McCabe, before the France game, was asked at that press conference, and she was sitting beside Vera Pell and she was asked, would you like Vera to stay on? And it was a similar thing where, you know, I think she said something along the lines of, you know, I mean, Vera, sometimes we've clashed, but, you know, we want to do our best for Ireland and uh, professional and just want to get results. And it's not my decision. It's not my decision. But So uh, she did not definitively back her. Um, and none of the four players we spoke to yesterday definitively back there. And I don't think, I think Megan Connolly today, actually, that's as close as a as a public backing that she's got. Um, because I think, I, I don't know if we have the exact quote to hand, but um, she did thank Vera Powell and, and said she'd had great times under Vera Powell. But that, that's that's as abusive as uh, phrases the manager has received uh, publicly from the players. Now, look, we, it's dangerous to... Make assumptions and to join dots here. You know these these players are here to. They've got a big game tomorrow, as Emma said, and it is a big game. Ireland can't progress, but Nigeria can, and Australia and Canada will be keeping a very very close eye in this match. Um, you know, there's integrity and professionalism involved here, and they they will take that very seriously, and they want to get their first point on the board at a World Cup. So it's fair enough that you know they don't want to get dragged into to sort of making declarations about our future, and if that's the the consensus among them, that's. That's fair enough, and we have to respect that. So, as I said, it'd be dangerous to start making assumptions around the fact that they're not coming out and saying, we'd love for her to stay, uh, and they're holding their counsel. But, um, you know, it is just a fact that, that none of the players have actually come out and said straight up, I'd love to see her stay on. She's been great. She's taken us to a World Cup. I mean, that that is just a fact. Um, but, look, as, as Emma says, like, we, we don't... There's no clarity on this yet we just have to wait and, and it will only be after the game where we start to, to get um, a full picture of what's actually going to happen you know the sense is that they want to get this game played done they fly back on Tuesday night they leave here on Tuesday night uh, back to Dublin and um, of course the later part of this week we'll probably get more of an idea and then of course they do have that homecoming I think on Thursday as well so mm, that's true yeah and and the other thing, Emma, is that the players really, um, they can make their voice heard here, but it's probably not, it's probably not going to be the one that counts. And that's, that's a reality across the board and sport. Just a recent example was, um, I'm a Wexford, Wexford man, the Wexford hurling team. Any players who were asked about Dara Egan in the aftermath of what was a pretty awful championship, they all said they loved him. They wanted him to stay on. He was doing great work. Um, cue the county board, giving him the bullet a couple of months later, like, um, the players can have a voice here, but it, it it's you know it's probably not the it's not going to be the primary consideration whether the players like the manager or think she should stay on or not because that's not really how professional sports works. I guess you know the FAI are going to make their decision on any number of um, factors, but you know what the players think may be one of those factors, but it certainly wouldn't be the deciding one. You wouldn't think. Yeah, absolutely, um, and ultimately that is the case. Like. Like Anthony was saying there, um, they just weren't drawn into talk on her future. Um, I suppose language is so important in situations like this. And basically just to 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 quote, I guess, briefly what Louise Quinn, Lucy Quinn, Lily Ivan, Kira Cruz said yesterday, like they were just speaking about focusing on a big game on Monday um, and they haven't thought past that. Um, and the same with Connolly today. She did say something along the lines of Vera has been amazing for me, but that's not my decision. Um, so, yeah, look, that's it at the end of the day. They're professionals. They have a game to play. And that is going to be the focus no matter what's going on outside. 
Um, and obviously there is plenty of talk, but I, I don't think they'll buy into that. Um, they'll be going out hoping to end their World Cup journey and their first ever major tournament on a high and with some points on the board. I'm, mm. I'm sorry, we should note as well that like the two performances over here have been pretty good. You know, like we can we can talk about limitations and there's not a huge amount of goals in this team and, and some people might think that the approach is overly defensive. Um, but, you know, that approach has got Ireland to this World Cup and they were a penalty kick away from getting something out of Australia. For the first half against Canada, they, I mean, I, I wouldn't say they played them off the park. That's probably gone a little bit over the top, but they were certainly the better team. They were excellent, really excellent. I mean, that's, I think that's as good. And we've chatted amongst ourselves. I don't think any of us have seen Ireland play better than that in, in the Vera Pau era. Um, and that's probably one of the, the strongest team uh, performances we've seen. Full stop from an Ireland women's team um, in that first 45 minutes, more or less. Uh, unfortunately, they tail off, and and you know when they fell fall behind, um, they're they're a team that finds it very difficult to chase games. Uh, so it's not like the, we're not seeing broken performances. You know, we're not seeing a team that's not playing for the manager, and and I think we probably should note that as well. Like it's they have they haven't been that far off, but you know they are in a tough group, and they've got another really tough game tomorrow against a very good side who are four seeds in the group, but their ranking is completely um set. They're, they're, Nigeria should not be or 40th in the world. That's the rank in Ireland or 22nd. There's no way they should be 40. The only reason they are is because they don't get to play many teams outside of Africa and therefore the way the ranking system works, the only way you can get points is by playing better teams, you know, and they can result out better teams. They don't get the opportunity to do that. And that's why they're 40th in the world. That's why they're fourth seeds. And in our group, we we're unfortunate enough to get them. But uh these are these are a really good team. It's another major test for Ireland here tomorrow night. Yeah. I was just that was going to be my next point, Emma. That um, I think you could look at world rankings and you could look at you know the kind of the past records and the you know awards and at uh, cups won by the teams in our group and uh, yeah, it's pretty tough. I don't think we really realise what a pig of a group we were really given. Uh, just watched Morocco and South Korea this morning. It was quite an entertaining game, but. I'd say neither team are close to the level of the other three teams in our group. And then you've got Colombia in that group and admittedly Germany, <clears throat> you know, the USA, Netherlands, Portugal, that's a pretty rough group. Um, England, Denmark, China, there are other tough groups, but it really does feel like our, our luck deserted us for that draw in Auckland there a few months ago. Absolutely. And luck had been on Ireland's side for so long earlier in the campaign, I guess, even thinking back to the way the results fell um, going into the, the playoff against Scotland um, and that they didn't have to go to the to the playoff tournament yeah. down here first. Um, Confederations. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like a long time ago yeah, now. Um, but that they could qualify directly for the tournament and everything kind of felt like it fell into place for Ireland up to that point. But yeah, look, that's that sport isn't it sometimes looks on your side sometimes it's not and uh it wasn't in terms of the draw but i don't think that has affected the group it has affected the squad at all and um, you know they they played what was in front of them and they gave a really good account of themselves as anthony said um against two of the top teams in the world so far um and then they play against nigeria now tomorrow here which is a huge huge challenge and um, really exciting team to watch little bit chaotic at times and um, so I'm really interested to see what kind of game unfolds here like it, it could go anyway um, 
Um, but yeah, Nigeria have obviously made a huge splash at the tournament so far with a nil-nil draw with Canada and then that win over Australia, um, which was pretty amazing to watch. And obviously the other big game in the group tomorrow night at the exact same time, um, Australia-Canada, it will be interesting to see what happens there because it looks like potentially heavyweight could be could be going home or the surprise package so far maybe. Yeah, well, let's look at it briefly before we look at Ireland, because obviously it is a very interesting group. Nigeria and Canada on four points, uh, goal difference of plus one each. Australia, three points and Ireland, obviously no points and out of the running. Um, a draw will be good enough for Nigeria by my maths, um, because uh, obviously neither Canada and Australia can't both get three points. And Australia basically need a win, Anthony. Anything less than a win for Australia and um they're they're goosed more than likely. So um yep. it's gonna be a very tense evening really, with Ireland the only team kind of who can play in a slightly free spirited manner, even though I understand totally Vera Powell and Megan Connolly were both at pains to say today that um both for their own sake and for the sake of the tournament they have no intention of throwing in the towel there and i don't think anybody was suggesting for a second they would i would say their desperation to you know make a mark score some points is as great as it would be if they were still in with a chance of progressing yeah and, and i mean I, I think they're anticipating in and around twenty two thousand here this this stadium holds about 50 um and the, you know the vast majority of that crowd will be Ireland supporters. Uh, there was a fan event in Brisbane here earlier today. Katie McCabe and Vera Powell attended that, and there was a great turnout for that. And th- there's a genuine and deep connection to that fan base from the players' point of view. They have a lot of family and friends here. They really appreciate it. And I have to say, Ireland, I've got, I, I don't think there's not many countries here that are getting, have been given the support that Ireland have got here. You know, greeted at the airport, brilliant turnout in Sydney. Most of the stadium in Perth was, was green. Um, so, you know, there's there's all that, and, and they'd be very keen to repay that, I'm sure. Um, and no doubt they'll, they'll go out and deliver. They'll make it difficult for Nigeria. Like, I, I think I think I would predict a draw tomorrow night. I think Ireland will, will dig in and, and make it tough. And as, as we mentioned, a, a draw would do Nigeria. So I'm I'm going to say a nil-nil draw or a 1-1 draw here tomorrow evening. And then over in Melbourne, when Australia play Canada like that, that's an absolutely giant occasion. Like Australia under massive pressure. I was, I was here for the Australia-Nigeria match, which Nigeria won 3-2 last Thursday, and they were stunned. <laughs> Not the, people, the, the fans who were absolutely stunned. They couldn't believe it. They went 1-0 up. I think everybody expected a routine win. And Nigeria, um, you know, were, were outstanding in the second half, particularly the Broadlashuala off the bench. She changed the game. They've got loads of um, pace and quality and composure. They're well-organised. Um, and they're a good side. And, yeah, as Emma says, there's a good, uh, more than a good chance that one of those big guns, Canada or Australia, is, is going to tumble here. But I, I think Australia are under major pressure. Co-hosts, like Sam Kerr, I think, is back. But kind of like you're thinking, are they rushing her back? Mm-hmm. You know, are they rushing her back now? Like a calf issue that left her out of the first two games. She said that she will play some part, but hasn't committed to whether she's fit enough to start. So you're thinking, mm, how, how fit is she? You know, is, is the manager, Tony Gustav, and, like is he feeling under a lot of pressure just to get her back into the team? He took a big gamble on Kia Simon. She's mm-hmm. not fully fit. She's in the squad recovering from an ACL injury, but she wouldn't be fit until the knockout stages. And, and he brought her with that. He made that gamble. Mary Fowler suffered a concussion. She missed uh, the Nigeria match, but she will be back on Monday as well. So uh, they're under a hell of a lot of pressure. 
um, to get a result. So yeah, it should be it should be real intriguing actually on Monday night here. You know, especially two games kicking off at the same time. Uh, no doubt there'll be old school radios to the ears in uh, in Melbourne tuning into what's happening here. Absolutely, it would be um, it would be a bit of a disaster for the tournament. Um, were Australia to go out to New Zealand, obviously are fighting for their survival as well. Norway are one nil up on the Philippines and New Zealand and Switzerland are nil nil at the moment. So if, if the two hosts were to go out in the space of 24 hours, that would be or close enough to 24 hours. That wouldn't be good. Um, just I mentioned before that Vera Pau and Megan Connolly both wanted to um, make a point about getting a point. Um... Again, I, I can repeat, we have a huge responsibility to the tournament, to ourselves, to the nation, to FIFA, to the association, um, to bring on the best performance ever. So if um, we put players on who haven't had made minutes yet, the, the game will only show that. Um, that is not the plan. The plan is to go uh, with the strongest team and, and to compete and do our sportive duty in the best way possible that we can? Um, I think obviously coming into this tournament, we knew how tough it was going to be um, with the level of opponent that we were going to play. Um, I think within the group, we had that belief that we know that we can compete against the best teams. And obviously we wanted to get out of the group. There's no question about that. We wanted that. Um, but yes, coming away from this tournament, we want to come away with some points. You know, We want to continue to put on performances and make everyone proud. and again show the world that you know this is our first tournament but hopefully not our last we want to we want to be here every tournament we want to continue with that so um yeah i think tomorrow we're going to put on a good performance hopefully and, and yeah go home with with points is what we want um and yeah okay so that was megan connelly and vera powell at this morning's press conference um you get the impression from vera powell emma that probably not a whole lot of changes to the starting 11. No, I don't think so. I suppose the big question mark is Heather Payne. Um, she had been struggling with a tight hamstring in the build-up to the Canada game. Um, I suppose then she was down to start, due to start, and forced to pull out in the warm-up. Um, so I suppose the question is whether she will be included. Um, Pau seemed pretty hopeful earlier, and the FAI, I believe, have just sent out a match preview saying that she... We just got it here. Um, Heather Payne has been making progress on her return to play protocol following a hamstring injury and should be available for selection. But again, it's a, it's a muscle injury. Um, it could be a risk. I'm not sure if it's necessarily worth it. Um, given it's one game and I suppose Payne is is due to to secure a move now over the next few weeks. Um, you know, turn professional that kind of thing. She's spoken about it quite a lot in the build-up to the tournament. So I'm not sure if that will be a, a big risk. And then in terms of other changes, um, Pau says she's going to play her strongest 11. And then I guess there's just whether it'll it'll go the same as as before or if you know certain players may need to be rested. Um, it's been a pretty intense schedule, a lot of travel, um, two really tight games tough games um, in quick succession. So the question mark is whether I suppose we'll see the same personnel. Um, one could potentially be Lily Ag coming in. I think that could be a possibility. Um, Rita Little-John has had two fantastic games so far, I think. 
um, but has struggled with her Achilles. Um, so I don't know if she will be involved or not. I'm just going off instinct here myself. Um, but yeah, I think strong strongest eleven is the word out of the camp, and the big one is whether Heather Payne will be involved or not. Yeah, um, I suppose Anthony, in a way, you do feel for the players that go all the way, you know, kind of give up seven, eight weeks of their life to be kind of closeted in a camp and um you know not to see any any football you know your your sub goalkeepers etc probably that's that's a lot of a sub goalkeeper they're probably not too upset but you know the likes of uh you know Diane Caldwell Chloe Masaki Claire O'Reardon um you know it, it it would it would it would hurt for it would hurt them but at the same time they know their manager well enough and Vera Pau I don't think for a competitive game has ever done anything but choose her her strongest 11 and she's not going to change that for Nigeria no, I mean, it's true. Like, there was such fanfare about the squad announcement and we were analysing and pouring over who's going to make it. And, and you know, ultimately, I think by the end of this competition or this tournament, Ireland may have only used, like, maybe 14, 15 players. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it is. I mean, that is her tendency is that she knows what she wants. She sticks with it. Uh, I think possibly the only other change may be Abby Larkin. Maybe, maybe Abby Larkin mm-hmm. from the start. Lucy Queen got taken off at half time. And that, was, that was a very odd decision because she was playing well, so it would seem it would yeah. be compounding an odd decision to leave her out. Then, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, I I thought she did. She was doing really well, but um, Vera Powell said she wanted something a little different on the right, and and she brought in Abby Larkin. She made that change at half time, so um, maybe we'll see Abby from the start, and then Bardas it would be as you were. And yeah, look, of course, the players who were here, they want to play. Of course, they do. And actually, want to be involved and get on the pitch, but um. Look, it's it's tournament football. It, it it's it's part and parcel of it. Um, frustrating as it is, like, we're not going to see wholesale changes. You know, just to give people a run out. She absolutely. I mean, she railed against that explicitly, really. Um, today and yesterday when we were chatting to her, like this, this is a game she's taking extremely seriously. Um, they want a result. You know, they want they want to be able to go home with something to to show for from this World Cup. First point on the board, first win, hopefully. Uh, you know that's that that is still a good card for the team. Yeah, um, it's it, it's no it, the 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 song remains the same, Emma, for the men's team and the women's team. It's where where do goals come from? Is is really the question with this Ireland team? And I think Kira Caruso made a lot of earned a lot of fans. I think against Canada, particularly in that first half, um, she was excellent and she was very unlucky not to score a goal. But she's also probably the first one. She's not an out and out and out striker. Um, you know, it does seem like if it's not a set piece, you're relying on kind of Katie McCabe or uh, Denise O'Sullivan from distance. You know, that's um, neither through style of play nor personnel. Do you do you think goals are guaranteed with this Irish team? And that 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 is the issue, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's the harsh reality of it, I guess. Like we were chatting in the press room earlier, and was it four goals, three goals? 2020 sorry four goals three against um Zambia, Zambia and then Katie's corner the other night um so four goals from how many games is it now and, and none from open play that's yeah. the, the point I was getting to yeah so that's in 2023 <laughs> none from open play um they've all come from directly from a set piece or off the back one yeah um so yeah that's it's just fact of the matter and um, and it's difficult to see how one may come from open play but like I was saying earlier I don't know tomorrow could be a little bit of an unpredictable game and um, 
we obviously saw the first half against Canada, how Ireland went out and let the shackles off at times, played with freedom. We'd hope to see a little bit more of that tomorrow, but it could turn into a, a mad open game. Um, so obviously that would be great for the crack for us, <laughs> but I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure Ireland will, will really go down that route. But yeah, that's definitely one big talking point and it has been for so long and yeah. um, where the goals are going to come from and it just it feels like just a recurrent theme I guess within the squad within the team it's been an issue for quite some time now just the final third like yeah just letting mm. them down letting themselves down with mistakes and yeah it's just it's frustrating and if it's frustrating for us I can't imagine what it is for them Um, but you'd hope that suppose tomorrow night can be the start of that maybe turn around in that sense like you said Caruso has been really really good thought she was excellent particularly in that first half against Canada showed well against Australia as well um, but yeah then it always comes back to the Katie McCabe question doesn't it <laughs> why is our best thing where she is but there's no other choice in the matter really I don't think um, yeah. but hope that she can get a little bit further up the field again tomorrow night and, and, and go out with a bang. The, the, the catch that she has here, she's committed to playing five at the back and has said, and gone on record as saying that the reason for that is because our defenders lack pace and that means you have to play deep. Now, Ireland don't just lack pace at the back line. They, they don't really have any raw pace in the top third either. You know, if you had an absolute flyer up top as Nigeria do, if you, if you sit deep, you can sucker teams for just playing it direct and, and just a simple ball over the top and catch teams out. We, we don't have that. Um, Carusa, was, who was very good against Canada, excellent at holding the ball up, bringing other players into play, but she's not particularly quick. And, you know, it's no, I think it's no coincidence that Ireland did make some openings against Canada, certainly more than we've seen in recent times against, probably more than we saw against the USA or France or um, Australia. Uh, it was because they played higher up the pitch. Like you're forced the, the issue higher up the pitch, and the likes of Sinead Farley, Denise O'Sullivan, mm-hmm. uh, and Katie McCabe were able to get on the ball in the opposition half. But you know, when they start to retreat, it just becomes harder and harder for them to do that. You know, instead of Sinead Farley getting the ball um, 10 yards inside the opposition half, she's getting this 20 yards inside her own half. And as good a player as she is, she can't create from there. And even you know, she she's nothing really ahead of her. That's that's the the catch that we're in with at the moment, like very solid and sound defensively, um, but only because we play so deep in that low block. And then when we do fall behind, we really struggle to to flick that switch and and ask questions of, of other teams. You know, it's no easy answer, but I mean, I think for anybody watching Ireland, they'll, they'll you know it's fairly obvious. Like that's that's the type of team that they are. Yeah, um, I I. Nigeria have been have been excellent, as you say, a little bit unpredictable. And I think, but I, I would say we can probably predict probably a fairly even match. Um, you know, no match in this group has been cited by more than one goal. Um, the Ireland Canada game, interestingly, was the first game of the tournament where both teams scored uh, in a match. There have been five games in this tournament where both teams have scored in a match, and two of them have come in our group. So it has been quite tightly contested. Uh, it's a good stat, isn't it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, so it's it has been tightly contested so i i think ireland fans looking for hoping for something i i think we can we can hope for a competitive match at least and i think a fair bit of drama if in group b in general with these two matches down for decision simultaneously 
Yeah, I think so. And like, even just from what I have seen in Nigeria as well, like they haven't always been defensively solid through the tournament so far and they can leave themselves a little bit open at times. So hopefully it is something we can capitalize on. Um, but then I suppose they're so good on the counter um, and that's definitely a big danger for Ireland tomorrow. Um, and then from set pieces as well, they're quite dangerous, similarly to ourselves. So, yeah, it, it could be it could be an interesting one for sure. And you'd hope that we can go home with more than one goal and more than zero points on the board. <laughs> that's that's all we ask for. Um, OK, I think darkness is descending on you there. Um, so yeah. we, we, we might be getting chilly and your camera's getting blurry. So we might let you go. <laughs> um, thank you to him and to Anthony. Of course, you can watch the match on RT2 and the RT player in the morning as you can all Ireland, uh, all the World Cup matches. You can listen to the Ireland match on 2FM and you can follow it with our live blog blog even on the RTE website and the news app um so and we'll be back tomorrow with a pod reacting to ireland's glorious uh 5-4 victory over nigeria um <laughs> <laughs> thank you anthony thank you emma and we'll catch you tomorrow good luck Supporter and a half likes, shares, comments, and tweets. Cadbury sponsors RTE Soccer Women's World Cup podcast.